1: disciples, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in you. I'm going to make it so easy for you to know where I'm there. Here, there's the Holy Spirit. We should have this encouragement. This should be an encouragement to us to know that we can handle anything that comes our way because God is going to take care of it. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I can't tell you how often fear sneaks into my life. It just sneaks into my life and comes out of nowhere. And it's not from God.
0: We tend to think of the apostles in the early church as being a step above us spiritually. Because they saw the Christ or knew someone who had, we think they had more access to the Holy Spirit. They didn't. As Pastor Dave will explain in today's message, we have just as much access to the Holy Spirit today. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 22 as he begins his message, According to God's Purpose.
1: Things have been going well for David and all the people of Israel, but as he sometimes does when things are going well, God allows Satan to come in and do something. Well, he did this in chapter uh, 22, verse 1. Satan moved against the nation and pushed David into taking a census. Pushed David to number the people. The census was not taken according to the word of God, but was done out of pride. David's heart was prideful, and he wanted to know just how big his fighting force was. He had defeated most of his enemies. And even his general Joab spoke against such a census, but David prevailed because he was the king, and the people were numbered except for the tribes of Benjamin and Levi. The thing that David did displeased God greatly, and he called David on it through the prophet Gad, and God chastised David and the nation. As we studied 2 Samuel or 1 Samuel, we found out that God was angered at the nation Israel because that's what the prophet wrote. God was angered at the nation Israel, not really sure why he was angry with them. But here we know that God not only punishes David for his sin, but he punishes the nation as well. David had to make three choices, one of three. Israel would be suffered three years of famine, three months of a foreign attacks, or three days of God's wrath in the form of pestilence. David was in total despair, and he chose the three days of pestilence. He said, God, I can't choose your will. So God sent a pestilence through the land. God plagued the country, and he sent an angel down, and the angel kills 70,000 men. The angel begins to destroy Jerusalem. The Lord reconsiders as the angel is standing At the threshing floor of Ornan. We spoke about the threshing floor being located on Mount Moriah, the very place where Abraham was asked to take his son Isaac to sacrifice to the Lord. David eventually buys the threshing floor, builds an altar, and sacrifices to the Lord the appropriate sacrifices for his sin and for the sin of the nation. These sacrifices appease the Lord, and the destruction comes to a complete stop. So now we come into chapter 22. And David declares the site of Ornan's threshing floor where he built the altar to the Lord. This would become the place where the house of the Lord would be built. Let's look at verse 1a. Then David said, this is the house of the Lord God. And this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. David saw the threshing floor altar where he made sacrifice. He saw that God had received his sacrifices and forgave the sin and the killing stopped. So David said, this is the spot. This would be where the Lord's house would be built. So this place, this place of altar God told David to build, the places of sacrifice becomes the temple, becomes Solomon's temple right there on that place. So was all this done according to God's purpose? I think so. I think it was all done according to God's purpose because we know that in this same place, on this same mountain, Mount Moriah, Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins. So God had a plan for even this part, and God used David's sin. He used the sin of the people to get his purpose accomplished, and God always does that. God's purpose will always be fulfilled. You may not like it, you may try to thwart it, you may try to put it down like many, many other people have, and even Satan comes against God's will, but God's will will always prevail. God's will will always be done. Interesting, the difference in David's heart from chapter 21 at the beginning when he he numbered the people to here in chapter 22. In chapter 21, when he was number of the people, it was a heart full of pride. Show me how many people I control. Show me how many people are in my army. I want to know. I want to know how great a king I am. Now, his heart was humble. This is the place God has accepted our sacrifice. Our sin is forgiven. This is the place where the temple is going to be built. He was full of humility. We know that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up, the scripture says. God does the raising up. God does the raising up as we humble ourselves before our mighty king, before our mighty God, and give him thanks for what he did. So in verses 2 to 5, David then begins to prepare for the building of the house of God. So David commanded to gather the aliens who were in the land of Israel, and he appointed masons to cut hewn stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails of the doors of the gates and for the joints and the bronze, abundance beyond measure, and cedar trees in abundance for the Sidonians, and those in Tyre bought much cedar wood to David. Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. I will now make preparation for it. So David made abundance preparation before his death. David wants to make arrangements for his son. His son, Solomon, would take the reins and become king. David wants Solomon to have everything at his disposal to make this place a beautiful, ornate, gorgeous temple to the Lord. Think about it. Why not? Doesn't God deserve the best? I mean, doesn't God deserve the best? Doesn't God deserve our best? Do you give God your best at all times? Mm. I wish I could stand here before you and say, I do, but I know me. I know my flesh. No, I don't give God my best all the time. No, I don't. I fall short way too often. But God is a wonderful, gracious God. And as I offer my sacrifice to him of me, he accepts that sacrifice in whatever form it is. And he accepts that and and, and allows me to continue. And he forgives the sin of unbelief. He forgives the sin of me not giving him my best. I'm giving him what I can and there are times I give them everything. But there are other times when I hold back some things. And I know that. And I have to be honest and say, yeah, there are those times when I hold back them. We need to be honest before God because he does know our heart, right? You can't fool him. He knows what's going on. But David gets all this stuff together. And in verse 6, he's going to charge Solomon now to build the house. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. Where did he get the plans to build the house? Tabernacle. He took the tabernacle of meeting and they basically doubled the size. They took the tabernacle in the wilderness. Remember the tent that they carried from place to place, the tabernacle where God would appear on the the Shekinah glory, on the Ark of the Covenant? They, they, They did that and they had this and they made it so ornate and so beautiful. And we read about how gorgeous it was and how beautiful that Solomon made it. So, David says, you're going to build the house of God. And as we get to 7 through 10, David explains to Solomon the Lord's will for the temple. And he also explains to Solomon why he couldn't build it. Why he was not allowed to build it. So the Lord must have spoken to him more than what we had recorded before. Let's read 7 through 10. And David said to Solomon, my son... As for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name and he shall be my son and I will be his father and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Wow. God spoke to David and said, it's your son Solomon is going to build a house. You got too much blood on your hands, David. You got too much war. I'm going to give your son Solomon. He will be a man of rest. He will be a man of peace. And remember when we studied in Samuel, about how Solomon had the entire rest of Israel. There was no enemies. They had conquered them all. And he all he had to do was focus on ruling the kingdom and, and, and building this beautiful, magnificent temple, which would go on to carry his name. It's interesting that the temple does not carry David's name. It is known as Solomon's Temple. It, that's what it was known as. And it was a great masterpiece, a beautiful work and gorgeous masterpiece. Solomon had great peace in his day. Israel had great peace in his day. I love it. And the Lord said, his name will be Solomon. And this is what the Lord said about Solomon. And he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Sounds like the same thing he said to David, doesn't it? So he's continuing David's dynasty. He's continuing now David's dynasty. We know that dynasty is going to go all the way now from Solomon all the way down to whom? It's a Bible study. Jesus. Yes, absolutely. It's going to go all the way down to Jesus. That line will continue all the way down to Jesus Christ. David encourages Solomon. And he gives him good counsel. Listen to the counsel David gives Solomon from 11 to 16. Listen to this counsel. I love this counsel. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you. Sounds like a blessing, doesn't it? Sounds like a a blessing. And may you prosper. And build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. I love that. Right off the bat, dad's saying to his son, the Lord bless you. He's going to be with you and he, you're going to build that temple just what he wants. You're going to do it. He says, only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Listen to what he's saying. He says that the Lord would give you wisdom. What is the first thing Solomon asked for? Wisdom. First thing he asked for is wisdom on how to rule and how to be a good king. Wisdom and understanding. Here, David is saying, oh, may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful thing to say to your son, to your offspring, that you may keep the law of your God. Oh, there's a caveat here. You must keep the law of your God. And look at the next word in verse 13. Look at the first word. Then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Oh, so the conditional promise. It's a conditional promise. Obey the laws. And if you do, then, then it'll happen. And if you take care of the statutes. And then listen, to, look at these words. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor to be dismayed. Have we ever heard those before? Joshua, Joshua, absolutely. Good job. Joshua. Jesus said that to Joshua when he met the captain of the army, which was Jesus. He said that to Joshua, absolutely. Paul was told the same thing, to be of good courage, to be of good cheer. I have many people in this city when he was weeping at Corinth. Jesus told Paul to take good courage and be of good cheer. In verse 14, he says, indeed, I have taken much trouble to prepare the house of the Lord. 100,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond measure, for it is so abundant. I have prepared timber and stone also and may add them to you, uh, and you may add to them. Wow. Somebody did some sort of a, a, a current day price here. It's over a billion dollars. It's over a billion dollars worth of material that had been gathered by David. In order for Solomon to build this beautiful, beautiful temple, moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, woodsmen and stonecutters, and all types of skillful men of every for every kind of work. In other words, I got everybody in line, man. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. Of gold and silver and bronze and iron, there is no limit. Arise and begin working. And the Lord be with you. I love that. Great encouragement. Be strong. Don't be discouraged. Be of good cheer. The Lord, your God, is with you. We can say that about us every single day. You can say that to yourself every single day. I should be strong because the Lord is with you. Didn't he promise I'll never leave nor forsake you? He's with us always. He told the disciples, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in you. I'm going to make it so easy for you to know where I'm there. Here, there's the Holy Spirit. We should have this encouragement. This should be an encouragement to us to know that we can handle anything that comes our way because God is going to take care of it. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I can't tell you how often fear sneaks into my life. It just sneaks into my life and comes out of nowhere. And it's not from God. Fear is not from God. He hasn't given me a spirit of fear. It's not from him, but it sneaks in. Satan loves to throw those darts of fear into my life. should have this encouragement encouraging you today regardless of what tomorrow looks like regardless of what tomorrow looks like be strong be a good courage don't fear don't be dismayed the lord thy god is with you your lord is with you always just see Young Solomon getting pumped up as dad's giving him the the talk, you know. It's almost like he's ready to go out of the, all right, I'll take him now. Let me at him. Let me at him, you know. I'm going to build this temple all by myself. In verse 17 to 19, let's finish the chapter. David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon, his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God, to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy articles of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Wow. David spoke to Solomon. He gets Solomon together, and as a good father, he gives his son wise counsel. I know he received it from the Lord, so he gives it to Solomon. And then he gets the leaders of Israel. I would imagine there's probably one from each tribe. One of the members from each tribe are there, and he tells them, and said, Hey, guys, help my son Solomon. He's going to be your king. Help him. And I love what he says here. Look at this. He says, Set your heart, your soul to do what? Seek The Lord, your God, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord, your God. This should be our challenge every single day of our lives. We should set our heart and our soul, which is our inner being, to seek the Lord all the time, every day. He reminds the leaders that, hey, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. This command of David's is interesting in context, someone said. David gave this command in context of work, not the context of leisurely repose before God. In other words, he didn't tell them, seek the Lord your God and sit around in a tent and eat bonbons all day. He said, no, as you're working. So what does that tell us, folks? As you go to work tomorrow, wherever it may be, as you wake up tomorrow and do whatever's on your agenda, seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. Give whatever you're doing, everything you have. Give everything you have to whatever you're doing there and allow the Lord to bless you. Because if you do that, I can guarantee, not only will you be blessed, but your employer will be blessed. He will be blessed because you'll be a great employee. Because you're seeking the Lord with your whole heart. You're seeking the Lord with your whole soul. And he's going to do a mighty work in you and through you. David knew it was possible to keep one's heart set on seeking the Lord, even in the midst of doing work. We are spiritual creatures now. All things are spiritual to us. So our minds should always be on spiritual things. Your mind so should be heavenly good that you're no earthly good. Good counsel. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Seek the Lord with all your heart. So as we now come into chapter 23, we see so then David was old and full of days, he made Solomon king over Israel. And he gathered together all the leaders of Israel with the priests and the Levites. Now, the Levites were numbered from the age of 30 years and above, and the number of individual males was 38,000. Remember, the Levites had never been numbered before. But now David is allowed to number the Levites. He's allowed to number them. And this was based on the ancient command found in Numbers 4, verses 1 and 3. It indicates that the Levites' service begins when they're 30 years old. It's interesting Very interesting to me, when you look at that, Jesus is our high priest. And did he begin his ministry? 30 years old, right? They believe he was 30 years old when he began his ministry. So it's an adherence to the law. Wouldn't that make sense? It would make sense because it's adherence to the law. So here we have that. 4,000 were gatekeepers. 4,000 praised the Lord with musical instruments. That must have been a heck of a worship team. Which I made, said David. David made musical instruments. David, he says, look at that. Read that. It said, 4,000 were gatekeepers in verse 5. 4,000 praised the Lord with musical instruments, which I made, said David, for giving praise. Also, David separated them into divisions among the sons of Levi, Gershom, Kodath, and Merari. And then he starts giving names. Levi. Levi is Jacob's third son. Levi is Jacob's third son. Son, it's important to remember that. He is Jacob's third son. The family groupings of the tribe of Levi are described hundreds of years before in Numbers 3 and 4. You can look at that. To Gershom, the Gershomites would take care of the skins that covered the tabernacle itself. The Kohathites were to take care of the furniture of the tabernacle, including the Ark of the Covenant, and the table of showbread, and so forth, under the direction of Eliezer, the priest's son of Aaron. The family of Meriah was to care for the structural aspects of the tabernacle, including the pillars, the boards, and so forth. So each group had something to do. They all were responsible for something here. Interesting, interesting. Now we come past through these names, and I came across an interesting name in verse 12. The sons of Kolath, Amram, Ishhar, Hebron, Uziel, four and all. There's a name there, Amram, whose father is Amram. Okay, read verse 13. The sons of Amram, Aaron, and Moses. <laughs> sons of The Am- Bible is the best commentary on itself there is, okay? So Amram was their father, their father. Now notice one thing about Aaron. What does it say about Aaron? Bueller, anyone? Aaron. Okay, Aaron was set apart. Aaron was set apart. The Lord called him out. The Lord set him apart. The Lord separated him. The Lord brought him back. And all the Levites, the descendants of Aaron, were chosen to do the priestly duties. What's described in this verse. Being a tribe, being a member of the tribe of Levi wasn't enough for you to be a priest. When you were in the tribe of Levi, you served the Lord, but you're not necessarily a priest. To be a priest, you had to be a descendant of Aaron. Aaron was set apart, that he should sanctify holy things. It says, he was set apart, he and his sons forever, that he should sanctify the most holy things, to burn incense before the Lord, to minister to him, and to give the blessing in his name forever. Now, the sons of Moses, the man of God, were reckoned to the tribe of Levi. Again, Moses, Gershom, Eleazar, and so down all these people. You are a sure hope.
0: Thank you for joining us here today on Assure Hope. In this series, Pastor Dave has been teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. This book follows the kingship of David from the time he was anointed king by the people until his death. Part way through, we watched David become troubled because he had a grand house, but the Ark of the Lord remained in a tent. He wanted to build the temple for the Lord, but because he was a man of war, God chose Solomon to build it instead. Still, we see that David's heart was for God every step of the way. When Solomon was going to build the temple, David gave him an offering of gold, silver, and bronze for it. Is there a mission field you'd like to have joined? Don't let the limitations of this life keep you from offering your best. If you can't go yourself, you can still give to the people who God sends. We're so glad we get to spend this time with you today. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. If you're in the area, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. And if you're an early riser, come seek the Lord's face together with us in prayer before the services at 7.30. You can find everything you need to know on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Once again, That's asurehoperadio.com. And don't worry, if you can't make it in person, on the website you'll find links to our live stream. Don't forget to come back next time as we study the word together on Asure Hope.